Y'all, I don't, I don't know how to tell you this. This episode's gonna make you feel so old, and I'm so sorry. Unless, of course, you're just like our guest Marissa Rose, and you have never known a world or a life without YouTube. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Women of YouTube podcast, where we are sharing stories of women YouTube creators in order to inspire other women to start creating. In each episode, we deep dive into why these women chose YouTube to create on, their struggles, their successes, and of course, get real about what happens when you're a female creator on the internet. This podcast is brought to you by TubeBuddy, your best friend on the road to YouTube success. Now let's get into it with your hostess, Desiree Martinez. What's up, ladies? Welcome to the episode of the Women of YouTube. I am very happy to have you here because for reals, I'm going to need a lot of, I'm going to need a lot of emotional support through this one because I talk with this super fantastic Marissa Rose who got her star on YouTube back when she was a kid making American Girl doll videos and has eventually transitioned to being a lifestyle and beauty blogger um, around college life. So she is a a very young, 20, a very new 20-something who has been on YouTube for, like she does not know a life where YouTube wasn't a part of her daily consumption. You know, starting back with the iPhone Gen 4 and like creating things scrappy style with Movie Maker on her computer. Like, I remember when the iPhone 1 came out. I, I remember very distinctly, I was a lifeguard at a country club. I was 23 years old and I'm 35 now for context. I was 23 years old and uh, this country club, everyone was so excited because they got these new iPhones. It was the first time anything like it had ever been seen. And the fact that Marissa started creating content on like a Gen 4 iPhone just is making me feel super old, but also like super ex inspired because she is doing such a good job with creating valuable content for her peers in college. Like because she started so early, because she figured it out so young, like she knows what she wants to do. Like I, if I was doing what I wanted to do when I was her age as a kid, I would be an animator for Pixar, but I'm not. I'm here up in your earbuds doing something way more awesome, which is educating you and inspiring you to keep creating and start creating on YouTube. And that's exactly what like Marissa is all about. And so I'm just, I'm, I'm, it's a super like love, hate, like feeling right now. Like I love that this girl is like, I think like what my kids will be like when that, like uh, some version of that when they're in their early twenties where they're like, I don't know a life without, you know, my, my kids don't understand commercials, right? They'll never like what they're going to do with them, what they're going to experience with their life is going to be so amazing. And so it's just very interesting for me to reflect back on it, but I'm also so pumped because she's like the future. She's a future YouTuber. She's the future greatness that is going to be what YouTube is all about. And I can't wait to share this interview with you. Before we dive in, of course, got some good, fun, sexy, fun news to share with you. If you listened to last week's episode, which is the one-year anniversary episode, you know that we are celebrating really big with the Women of YouTube podcast, turning a year old, by giving away some goodies. We partnered up with SwitchPod and TubeBuddy to make this happen. So 
Uh, here's what you need to do to win your very own switch pod and a one year TubeBuddy legend account, which is going to like transform how you do things on YouTube. Uh, what you need to do is go leave a review for this podcast wherever you get your podcast fill and take a screenshot of it and share it on Instagram. That's all you got to do, whether it's Instagram stories or Instagram itself. Tag me at Mrs. Desiree Rose and TubeBuddy and switch pod if you don't mind the very least you got to tag me so I know who you are so I can find you and can't and can choose a win. So uh, let's get you set up with some really great gear and get you in the success for YouTube six, get you on the path for YouTube success uh, with a little help of from SwitchPod and TubeBuddy. All right, without further ado, let's dive into this awesome conversation with Marissa as she takes us on her adventure from being a kid YouTuber to a college YouTuber and everything that she has ahead of her. It's going to be so good. Welcome to the podcast, Marissa. I am super pumped for us to dive into your origin story and how you became a YouTuber. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here and be talking with you about this today. Awesome. We start the same every time. Why YouTube? Why YouTube? I originally began my very first YouTube channel when I was in fifth grade. I started out by making like cheesy American Girl doll videos with my iPhone, which was probably like a fourth generation, like the very first one that came out. And just my little Dell computer with Windows Movie Maker. I started making like stop motions and like little crafts for my American Girl dolls. And I literally taught myself pretty much everything about editing and how to film a video and just like putting clips together and like uploading. And it's really weird looking back on like where I first got my start and like from such a young age, how I wanted to do this. Like for my life in a way. So that was super cool. And then kind of as I got older, obviously I got out of like that doll phase. So I started doing like the beauty videos and the lifestyle videos. As I got older, it just kind of became harder to create like consistent content like through high school and stuff. But I always kind of did it here and there, like whenever I could. Um, but it wasn't really until last year in 2019 that I graduated high school. So I was like, I'm just going to do this and stick to it. So I've been on it for a full year so far, a little over a year now, just like doing it consistently every single week. And I love it. And it's just so fun. I love talking to my camera. So I just enjoy it. Okay. So from dolls to lifestyle blog, what is it that you do now with YouTube channel? And why did you pick that? Now I do more like college advice and college lifestyle content. So I'll do a lot of college advice and dorm halls and like navigating college life because that's what I'm doing in my life currently. So that's where I like to talk about that stuff because I am going through it right now. I want to help people who are younger than me going through the same things that I went through last year. Um, so, and I also just really enjoy talking about like college in my life and it's super fun. And I know before I went to school, I watched so many college YouTubers like with dorm halls and advice, sorority recruitment advice. And I was like, I want to do that. So that's kind of how I picked like that niche area for sure. Okay. And so what has that pivot been like? How has it been received by, I'm presuming, your fellow collegiates? Yeah, for sure. It's been super cool. It honestly has opened a lot of different opportunities for me. Like when I went to school last year, it was obviously a whole big restart. But then like, I also kind of like restarted my channel too. So I started sharing on social media and like people that I was meeting were like, oh, this is super cool that you do this. Like, I love your videos and stuff. And my scholarship advice video actually went like pretty viral. It's at like 70,000 views now. Um, nice. And faculty from my college actually found my video. And then within like my 
college at Kent State, we have the College of Communication Information. So the faculty of my school, like they reached out to me and were like, hey, like, do you want to do a video for us on our YouTube channel about like college life and advice and kind of how to navigate your freshman year? And I was like, yeah, like, sure. So that was like a super cool opportunity because now I am an ambassador for my college and for my major. So that kind of led me to that now, which is awesome. Um, but it's like things like that that I didn't really expect to happen, like happen. So. So what I love about what you're doing, um, how you were this like advocate for college life and helping people navigate it is that they knew like you were able to build a base of people and then COVID happened. So what has it been like being someone that other collegiates turn to for like advice for college through a, a pandemic? Yeah, for sure. It's been really interesting. I got sent home in March, like mid-March. So I was home. It was very weird transitioning because it literally went from, okay, you like you have like a break for two weeks to like two days later getting an email saying, okay, you have to like move your stuff out by this date. And it was like very stressful for me, all obviously. And then it was also very stressful on my friends. And I'm sure like many of my audience members, because like majority of people were either my age or younger than me too. Um, so it was just a really, really weird time. And like now as we're starting to go back to school, I'm getting a lot of questions like, how do you do remote learning? How do you study like on your own when you're not like actually in a physical class? And like, are you going back to school? What are you doing? So I'm getting kind of like a lot of questions and like advice for that stuff, which I definitely will cover as I go. But like, I'm learning all of this just as much as everyone else is learning all of this. So that makes it pretty different. And interesting for sure that people want to hear what I have to say about this stuff as I'm going through it too. So I'm excited to kind of share whenever I go back to fall, back to school in the fall, kind of how it's going for me. Yeah, it's such an interesting thing too, because one of the things that I love about what this podcast does is it shines light on people who are doing things that we all do, but we all do them very solo. Like my YouTube experience until I started talking to these other women creators was very much like, is this normal? Is what I'm doing right? is this all okay? And yeah. I, think that, I think all of us feel that way in different parts of our life. And I know for me that like, if I had ever thought to be a YouTuber back when I was in college, now granted, when I started college, YouTube didn't exist yet. But <laughs> with, like having someone that would like go through that I could kind of follow along and be like, okay, I'm not the only one that stays up until 3 a.m. doing my homework and sleeps till 11. And like, it's okay to have Chinese food for five nights in a row, right? Like, so it's just, uh, obviously you're getting a really great picture of my collegers. But I mean, I would think that it's, I feel like the internet has opened up so many opportunities for us, but I still can feel kind of lonely sometimes. And I love that people like you are there for others to turn to, to ask for advice and, and get different unique perspectives and just share this is what I'm doing and here's the logic behind my decisions. Mm -hmm. Go forth with what you want. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like that's why I like doing it. Like one of the best things with what I do is I'll get comments or like messages saying this video really helped me. Like, thank you so much for putting this out there. And that just means a lot to me because whenever like my original goal for doing YouTube from the beginning was that I want to help people. I want to share my experience and help them in some way. So whenever someone kind of reaffirms that original goal that I had, it's just a really good accomplished feeling. I like to hear that a lot. So that's awesome. Okay. So because you are a woman who is younger and doing things on college, I'm sure that you have faced 
some interesting obstacles and also been presented with some really cool opportunities. So talk to us about what it has been like being a female creator on YouTube. Yeah, for sure. One of the like major areas this like affects is my dating life <laughs> because like obviously like it's like kind of a job for me. Like if someone's going to be in my life and obviously I want to keep growing, keep going with it. Like they need to know that I do this. Like I don't want them to randomly find my channel like someday, like after a date or something, like you never know what could happen. But it's like interesting because I'll talk to guys and be like, yeah, like I make YouTube videos and they're like, oh, like how many subs do you have? Like 10? Like do people even watch your videos? And I'm like, yeah, like I'm almost like 3k, like I'm getting there. And they're like, oh, like, so you're famous. I'm like, no, it's like not like that at all. <laughs> like it's only 3k. But um, it's just like interesting because like a lot of guys react differently to that. And I don't know this because I'm female and they don't kind of understand how like kind of the female side of YouTube works in a way and like how it is, which could definitely be a reason. But hence just, why we have a podcast. Yes. <laughs> It's always interesting, like, to hear their reactions. And some are good, but some are like, oh, that's weird. I'm like, well, I'm sorry. I enjoy doing it. So you're just not meant to be in my life then. Um, yeah. Yeah. I have a question kind of related to this. So, again, YouTube came around in 2006. Like, and this was during my, my junior year of college. And so this is something that you talked about doing as a young child and then into your high school and into your college years. So this has been a part of your life for a long time. It's kind of just been – it's almost like I always tease people because I have a younger sister that's like nine years younger than me. And like, she's never known life without the internet or her cell phone. So it's kind of always been this interesting thing. I find it very interesting that you said, oh, that's weird. I didn't know like being a YouTuber was a thing or whatever. It's like they have a hard time believing it or something. Almost like if someone were to say, I'm an actor or I'm a performer or I'm a, you know, whatever that may be. There's, um, there's having that level of disbelief is very interesting to me because I would think it'd be kind of more normal considering that like one in six kids wants to be a YouTuber nowadays when they grow up. That's so cool like to think about. I didn't even know that was true. That's cool. Got to dive in the data lady. Just kidding. <laughs> so, so it's made your, so it's made dating life kind of weird. What unique opportunities have come because of it? I knew you did mention one where your college reached out to you and asked for some collab action what other cool things have been able to come from your unique job experience? Yeah, for sure. So obviously that collab was like super big for me. That happened in um, December. I kind of got the first email and I was like, oh my goodness, like they know what I do. Like that's so weird to me. And then we didn't actually make the video until like I was in quarantine and stuff. But that was super exciting. It also really helped me whenever I was going for my Victoria's Secret paint campus rep position because they want to start like making YouTube content like for campus reps about like their clothes and how to style different things and kind of like reviewing their products and stuff. And they're like, you'd be great to like help us with this. And I was like, yeah, like for sure. I would enjoy doing that a lot. So that was a really big talking point in my interview that I really think helped me stand out from like other candidates that were going for the same position. So that was a really cool thing. Um, it's also just like brought me, I feel like a lot of like, not like friends, but like, it's just, it's just something very unique about me that I enjoy sharing and talking about. And I'm proud of what I do. I love what I do. So it's brought me like super cool people in my life too, in a way, which is interesting to think about. So, Oh, I hear you hard again, 10 years in social media marketing. I've gotten to meet some really cool, amazing people that I've never actually met in person. So <laughs> yeah. I totally really understand how that goes making friends on the internet, especially because like, again, there was a time when it was like, 
no, don't do it. Don't talk to strangers. And you're like, it's fine. If I don't like them, I'll just block them. It'll be I. <laughs> Literally, that's so true. That's like now. Um, one of these girls who's around my same age and like in my same niche, she reached out to me and was like, hey, would you want to be in like a YouTube group chat? And you know, sometimes how they go, they're like, oh, like I'll just sub to you and like like your videos. But like this chat is like so genuine and like real, super cool people. And I'm like, wow, like I love you girls. There's like 10 of us. And it's just like super cool because I wouldn't have met them without this. So you have a mastermind. <laughs> So I, I, I have one. It's an Instagram mastermind chat with some friends that they become friends. Again, people I've never met before. And it's been monumentally helpful when I have questions. So it is really ladies helpful. that are listening. Well, maybe you guys too. get yourself a YouTube mastermind because it's a totally different thing. Even if like you're a business owner and you have like a mastermind for like business it's a totally different story to go into it with YouTube because it's like, you don't have to explain things all the time. Like you're talking to people that understand algorithms and how things work and you don't have to explain uploads and thumbnails and just like our own jargon and stuff. Like they just get it. It's, it's actually really cool. I highly recommend it. So true. <laughs> I agree with that. Like I'll tell my friends how long like the process actually takes for me. And they're like, why does it take you so long? And I'm like, there's so much that goes into it that like you don't see behind the scenes. Oh, I tell people all of the time, the easy part is recording. Yeah. That's like the, that, that's the, like, once I know what to record, I'm like, I got this. It'll take me like 10 minutes. If I'm going to do like multiple shots and stuff, it might take me up to an hour when I have to like do a screen recording tutorial, just something on my phone or change my camera angles. But that honestly, it is the least time consuming part of my YouTube journey. <laughs> me too. I agree with you. <laughs> so I mean, you're not alone, ladies. I'm sure that all of you that are listening either know this or are starting to learn this. <laughs> I know we were totally on a roll, but I want to help you solve a problem we all have as creators. Trying to stay connected with your subscribers and viewers can be so frustrating when you are relying on an algorithm to stay connected. Sometimes your videos don't reach everyone that would want to see them, which is why you should be growing an email list ASAP. And the best tool for that is going to be ConvertKit. ConvertKit is made specifically for creators. It has fantastic features like landing pages, website pop-ups, list segmentation, website integration, and so much more. I personally use ConvertKit after literally spending years trying and failing with different email platforms. But with ConvertKit, I can send broadcasts, create landing pages, and make funnels in less than 30 minutes. This allows me to give consistent value to my viewers by sending them my newest videos, freebies, and of course, telling them about the different sales opportunities I have going on. No matter where you are in your YouTube journey, start collecting emails for free with ConvertKit. That's right, for free, ladies. Just head over to womenofyoutube.com forward slash ConvertKit. Okay. Let's get back to it. So, okay. So let's kind of switch gears and talk about some of like the details of your video creation process. What kind of tools are you using? What do you record with? What do you edit with? Give us the deets. Yeah, for sure. So for my main like sit down videos, I use a Canon Rebel T3i DSLR with the normal lens that it came with originally. I'm either looking to invest in either a new lens or just go for the Canon G7X. I don't know what I want to do yet, but we're going to get one of those sometime soon. I have a Diva Ring Light Supernova. I love it. It's super easy for me to use because I use it here at home against my wall. 
so the light reflects off of it or I'll use it in my dorm room also near a wall so it's just super nice and it's portable for me too which I love and then I do have a Sony just kind of like generic little vlogging camera that I use too and then I also have a little tripod that I got off Amazon it's like really nice and bendy and it has a phone mount and I also use that for vlogging too so that's what I use and then I also edit all my videos on iMovie very nice very nice it's one of those things like once you like realize you've got the bug for youtube <laughs> that's when you start buying things even things you don't even actually need i can't tell you all the stupid stuff i have i have like a uh what is it like a uh, a gimbal like the handheld phone gimbal thing yeah. i couldn't <laughs> figure that thing out to save my life and it's just sitting on my shelf i have like a 360 camera i'm like no i'm good i don't do that <laughs> you know it's just like but you just like have fun like figuring out like what things work what things don't like like i've upgraded my lights i used to use um light bulb lights for my um box lights and i upgraded to like this led thing that's way better because what happens is you bump into your, your tripods that hold up your cameras and they fall over and your bulbs break. I'm 100% speaking from experience. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally I went, I had like one of my, I do have like studio lights, but I don't use them that much anymore. Cause like I kind of figured out a new setup with my ring light, but I had one of them standing up like in this little area that I film in and then it like fell over through the night and the whole ball busted and I didn't hear it. And it's like a halogen bulb. So whenever I saw it, I was like freaking out. I was like, oh my gosh, like, do I need to go to the hospital? Like, I'm scared because like whatever's inside it can make you sick or something because I looked it up on the internet. I was like, what do I do now? Um, so that was an interesting experience. But yeah, that was just funny. So we all, again, we all have those stories, right? It's okay yeah. if you break your equipment. It's just a, It just makes you angry more than anything. So who are some of your favorite female creators? Oh, some of my favorite female I love Keegan Acton. She is also like a college YouTuber, literally binge watched every single one of her videos before I went to school. And she's like a huge inspiration to me. I love her so much. Um, let's see. I also love Nikki and Gabby. They're great. I watched them since I was a kid. Bethany Moda, wish she made more videos. Miss her so much. I literally looked up to her since I was a kid too. Um, I think it's more female creators. Also, I love Amanda Monroe. She's another um, college kind of lifestyle YouTuber. And yeah, just a lot of those guys. I've watched so many people like that. So, so because now, how do you, so you've talked about a couple other females that are in your niche. How, um, how do they inspire your creation process? Like, do you just study what they're doing? Do like you get like, oh, I'm going to take that idea or oh, I'm going to do my own version of this or like, that was terrible. I'm going to do it better. Like, <laughs> How do you draw inspiration from your quote unquote competitors? Yeah, for sure. So, well, let's see. This year, since I will be like a sophomore in the fall, I knew I wanted to like spend this summer making like college videos. So that was kind of like my original plan. So I would kind of go on Keegan's channel and Amanda's channel and kind of see like what they made when they were my age because they're a year older than me. So, and kind of like draw inspiration from like that, like, college freshman advice, like obviously that kind of thing, sorority recruitment advice, just kind of videos like that. So I would kind of like do ideas that they did, but like jazz them up, make them my own and make my own video off of that. So nice. Okay. So talk to us about your promotion process. So how are you promoting your videos beyond, you know, the normal stuff, titles, keywords, all that stuff? Yeah, for sure. 
I promote my videos on Instagram. I'll always do a story before a video premieres. And I love premiering my videos now. That is like my new favorite thing that I do. Like, I love premiering. It's so much better than like a regular upload. I recommend it if you've never done it before. Mm -hmm. um, I'll post like a little bit. I'll post a little story on my Instagram. I'll share it to my Twitter page. And then I also, a lot of those like Facebook engagement groups, like not like the ones that are like sub for sub engagements, but like I'm in ones that's like uni, college girls of YouTube, like that kind of thing. I'll share my videos in there. And that help, that also helps me like gain new audience members too, which I really like. And then I'll share it to all my group chats that I'm in with my YouTube friends and stuff like that too. So. All right. I, how has your bridge between Instagram and YouTube been like, how, do you use Instagram more? Do you use YouTube more? how do you like marriage them together? Yeah. Um, well my Instagram that I use is really technically supposed to be my personal Instagram, like with all my friends from college and stuff like that. And from high school too. So it's kind of like, it's a part of my life. So I just share it on there and then I get like my followers from YouTube to my Instagram as well. But I would say, like, I'm pretty active on both. Like, Instagram's more of a personal level, but YouTube is kind of more like my YouTube, kind of like my business kind of side of things. But I do, like, share them on, like, both. So people can follow me on either. Nice. I know that a lot of people talk about, like, pick one and stick with it and and then you can add on. And um, I know that there's a lot of people that are, like, doing a lot of, like, the take people from Instagram to your YouTube and vice versa. And then I know it's been popular with TikTok too, using TikTok, oh, to, help grow, yeah, using TikTok to help grow your YouTube channel as well. I just wanted to take a quick minute and thank you for listening with a little something something from TubeBuddy. If you don't know, TubeBuddy is a free browser extension and mobile app for your YouTube account that helps you with finding the best keywords, create titles, A-B test your thumbnails, provides you with analytics, milestones, reporting, and so much more. If you have been inspired by the stories in today's podcast and you're ready to start creating, you don't want to do it without TubeBuddy. Get signed up with this free service at TubeBuddy.com forward slash women. Well, here, okay, you mentioned it. How are you using TikTok to promote your channel? Now, granted, when this airs, there might not be TikTok anymore, but <laughs> tell us. That's what I do. So it's so crazy because so many people like really made like a big platform for themselves on TikTok and it might just like get completely erased. So now literally like every famous TikToker is going to YouTube and I'm like, you should have just done YouTube to begin with. That's um, what happened with Vine. Vine was the exact yeah. same way. Vine, those six second videos, everyone took Vine. They took them to YouTube. Yeah, that's literally so true. I forget like the names of the people because I wasn't a huge Vine girl, but like I I can think of who did that. Um, but for TikTok, I do have a like brand TikTok. It's Marissa Rose underscore YouTube. And I just thought, you know what, why not? Some of the other YouTubers that I follow who are like smaller content creators, they also use TikTok to promote their videos. So what I'll do is if I have like Okay, for example, I did a college clothing essentials video this past week. So I made a TikTok with like a fun little dance with like the text above my head of like college clothing essentials you should bring with you. And then at the end of that video, I added like a screenshot of my YouTube with like the video to go check it out. And it's like been really helpful in getting like more traction to like my channel as well. So I would think too, because I would think 
your demographic is probably one of the biggest users of TikTok. So mm-hmm. it's probably been a really great way. And I'm glad that you're using that to grow it that way. I deal with old people. So that TikTok doesn't make a lot of sense. Plus I have a national security family. So, you know. Gosh, there. But it was super cool because when I started my TikTok, I literally gained 100 followers in like a couple of days. And I was like, that's cool. Like, I like that. So. Have you ever thought about like promoting vice versa, like getting people from your YouTube over to your TikTok? Yeah, I do. I have it mentioned in a few videos. And then I always put like my little handle come up on the screen and like in the description and in the comments and stuff too, like my pinned comments. So I do that. I've gotten a couple people from YouTube over there. So it's cool. So do you think you get more people from YouTube to TikTok or more people from TikTok to YouTube? Definitely from TikTok to YouTube. Cause like I'll come, I'll like come up on someone's for you page and I'll get like a comment like, Oh my gosh, I subscribe to your channel. But what happened to me at first, it's cause people wouldn't like watch my videos. They would just sub. So then it would go away. And then like the whole sub for something is like really annoying, but it would like, it would gain a lot because they would sub to me, but then it would just kind of like go away and I'm like, come back. But a lot of them followed me. So they'll like see me again. So <laughs> yeah. Gotta get that algorithm working for you, right? Yes. So what do you think what do you think is one of the most important things anyone getting started with YouTube should be doing? One of the most important things. I actually made a whole video about small YouTuber because I just love giving advice. Um, I would say something I wish I did sooner was to learn YouTube's algorithm, how SEO works, really like understand that because I didn't learn it until quarantine and it's been a game changer for my channel. Like I gain like probably 10, 20 subs a day now, which like when I first started doing SEO, I saw that increase too, like pretty quickly. And before, like it took me so long to get from one and a half thousand to 2000. And if I would have known SEO, I probably would have gained that a lot quicker, but it's been super helpful. It's like a big game changer for me. So Give me some tips that you've learned from SEO from a vlogging lifestyle brand. I've always been very curious about this myself, but because I know my niche, which is social media, like it's just a lot of like how to solve specific YouTube problems or social media problems for people. But I feel I, how, how do you adapt that to vlogging? Yeah, for sure. So I like love Anna Dubay. She makes the best advice videos for small YouTubers. Love her. She's amazing what she does. But one of the things I learned from her that like really stuck with me is if you're creating like video ideas within any niche, so like within lifestyle, within vlogging, if you're getting, if you're answering like someone's question or you're like an answer to a problem, it's just going to attract more people to that video and keep them engaged. Like as long as you're being engaging in it and they're getting something from watching your video, that'll help with the audience retention and everything like that. So for a lot of my college advice videos, like like my college scholarships video, that was a direct answer to a problem or a question. So that's why I think that video did so well. So I try to adapt that technique to a lot of my other videos the best that I can. Um, But now with my channel, it's nice getting to the point with like, that I can do like weird kind of like vlogs, like random things and I will get like people watching them still, so. I find it just super interesting. And I think, I guess it probably would make sense since you do collegiate stuff, like what do I take to college? And what do I, like, what is it like to live on a campus? And what's it like to have a roommate? Like all that kind of stuff. So I'm sure if, I'm probably super generalizing. 
things here. I apologize for that. <laughs> but I'm sure a lot of people are looking for answers. Like I said, whenever I have questions, that's exactly where I go. So if you're like something random, like I was put in the search bar. So. so what's been a mistake that you've made on your YouTube journey that we can learn from? A mistake that I made. Be consistent. Like whenever I, because the channel that I have now I like I had some subscribers on it before, but for me to get back onto YouTube's algorithm to actually share and promote my videos like on the recommended page and stuff, it took a long time for me to actually like get views and get engagement again from that break that I had. So if you're just being consistent, like you don't even have to do like multiple times a week. I say even like once a week if you can manage that, or even like every one to two weeks, like that's still really good. But I would do like a video and then I wouldn't make another one till like six months later. Like that was so bad for my channel. So it really took a while for me to kind of get back like with the algorithm again, but I finally have. So that's good, but definitely just be consistent and stick to it and kind of put yourself to a schedule to keep you more organized with everything. Do you think that there's still room on YouTube for new creators? Yes, always. I believe that, um, one of my favorite things was during quarantine, seeing everyone making channels who said like, I've always wanted to do this, but never had the time. And it's like, it was so cool to see because the community just like blew up so much. And that was so interesting. And there's just so many new people in like every single niche, I feel like in a way. So it's super cool and refreshing. And there's always room on the platform. Like there's how many people in this world, like you will connect to someone out there and whatever you have to say, someone will enjoy watching. So just do it, put yourself out there and yeah. <laughs> Awesome. How can people follow you on the YouTubes? On the YouTubes, I am Marissa Rose, but it's Marissa with one S and one R, Marissa Rose. Um, and yeah, that's me. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for being with us today. I really appreciate your insights and your experience. You, ma'am, are impossibly amazing. Thank you. I appreciate being here. This was so fun. So thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Women of YouTube podcast. We would love to know what you thought about this latest episode. So make sure to tag us with hashtag Women of YouTube with your thoughts. And if you really love this episode, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes to make the podcast gods and Phil over at TubeBuddy happy.